Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another day in the Ohio State Notre Dame Build-Up Week here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. My guest co-host for this portion of the program is ABC 57's Allison Hayes. Allison, good to see you once again, and thanks for the invite to be on the old TV show Saturday. I appreciate it. Yes, that was fun. I got to bring you on my set. That's right. Get you on my turf. But we had fun together. Put the spotlight on me. Ask the tough (laughs) questions. Well, the game... I thought it would be a little easier for the Irish than it was, but at the end of the day, they got the job done, and now I guess none of that matters because the boys from Columbus will be here in a couple of days for number nine Notre Dame and number six Ohio State. It's a good feeling to have what could be a magical night in front of us in just a couple of days. I don't know if I'm being negative Nancy over here, but I Uh felt very confident about Notre Dame against Ohio State before CMU and then that performance against CMU I know they had big numbers I know they won but it just left me feeling very flat and left a lot more question marks instead of answering those questions and so I don't feel as good about it today as I felt last Tuesday looking ahead so I'm hoping we get into that just a little bit today too. Ohio State woke up a little bit on Saturday. Yes. We knew going in Western Kentucky couldn't stop your eye running the football and Ohio State ran for over 200 yards. So I put a little asterisk by it because the Hilltoppers weren't going to be good 
in that area. But McCord threw the football very accurately, got it to his big playmakers, and they put up a 60-burger on the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. Now, I started yesterday's show by saying, here's my score prediction at this moment. It could change 50 times during the week. But yesterday, I picked the Irish to win 30-26. Ooh, okay. So I've had 24 hours to think about it. Have and, you changed your mind? You know, I've got negative Nancy in the room now, so now I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm sticking with it for today. <laughs> okay. I'm holding Pat right now, 30-26 Irish. I like it. So now we, we're, I'll, I'll leave you hanging because that's we're going to get into my prediction later on into my hour mm-hmm. here. But So the one thing that stood out to me, I guess, was – and we've talked about this a lot this season where this team felt different. It felt more mature. They've had more focus. And he's, you know, everyone is bought in and all of these things. And so heading into the Central Michigan game, I really believed this isn't a team. They're they're smart enough. I know everyone's looking ahead or everybody, whatever, blah, 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 mm-hmm. to Ohio State. But I really felt like Notre Dame could overcome that. They were going to be mature enough and, and mentally prepared and locked in. And that's not what we saw against Central Michigan. I don't want to hear anything about the Chippewas. They had no business scoring 17 yeah. points against Notre Dame. And I was really disappointed in that. And, and on the flip side of that, Ohio State was in the exact same boat. They were playing an overmatched team that they definitely should have won. They also had this big Notre Dame contest looming in front of them that they needed to be focused and not look ahead to. And they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They won 63 to 10. So that that's frustrating to me. And I think that's where I have this like, I just don't have that real confident feeling that I had before. So, and then, you know, of course, as you're doing research and then yeah. you start reading everything and then it's like, oh man, I'm like, I, I told you when I walked in the door, I said, I just have these like <laughs> butterflies because this week is so crazy and we've got all got so much going on and then it's so exciting and it's such a big deal and it's like, oh, so. I get it. I get it. I'm not going to answer to some of your thoughts there because it plays into one of my answers in a moment. Okay, perfect. So I'll hold off for now, but let's remind our listeners this. That, Allison, you're going to be live at Notre Dame Stadium once again with ABC 57's pregame show. So, details on that. Yeah, so we, let's face it, it's not the most ideal time slot when you have ESPN College Game Day coming to South Bend. We are on 10 to noon, head-to-head against the big dogs. And what do you do? But we do what we do week in, week out. And we always kind of jokingly say, but it's true. We know everyone's also going to be watching game day, That especially it's in South Bend. We get that. But when they're talking about the teams you don't care about, when you flip back over, yes. we are always going to be talking about Notre Dame. We've got great live guests lined up. We have I, I'll rattle off a couple of things that we've got. It holds its heroes is this weekend. I have a Freeman one-on-one interview. We have a look back at the green jersey games. We have the Newt Rockney Awards and some Notre Dame greats there. I have a, a exclusive one-on-one feature with Jim Tressel, of course, the mm-hmm. Ohio State coach and mentor of Marcus Freeman. And then Gene Smith, he's on his farewell tour. He is the athletic director at Ohio State. Uh, I have also an exclusive one-on-one there. He, most people don't realize this, he won a national championship as a player at Notre Dame as a defensive end and as an assistant coach in 1977. So he won two national championships as a player and an assistant. And now he's one of the greatest athletic directors probably in college football, wrapping up his uh, incredible career at Ohio State. So uh, it's a good show. We'll keep you 
locked in and tuned in on Notre Dame and get you ready for the Ohio State game. I'll add your thoughts. Anytime McAfee talks, just turn the channel to ABC 57. <laughs> <laughs> for my money, anyway. All right, so we'll be talking a lot of X's and O's on Game Day Sports. Be presented by Bud Light, Eric Hansen, Tyler Herc, and I live from the stadium from 4 until 6.30 before the 7.30 kickoff, Notre Dame versus Ohio State. So let's dig into some of the meat and potatoes of this matchup, and we'll use the Central Michigan game as a way to start the conversation. So away we go with our opening topics for today. Here's number one. What was your biggest takeaway from the Notre Dame's offense and their performance against Central Michigan? And part two of the question is this. Whatever you chose as your answer, how will that part of the Notre Dame football team fare against Ohio State? So we'll start with pick an area of the Irish offense that caught your attention. Well, first of all, I kind of joked on ABC 57 kickoff last week that jokingly, but only half-heartedly joking, I didn't even want to see Sam Hartman get in that game. I was so afraid that he was going to get injured in the game. And this was a team that Notre Dame, I felt, should and Steve Angeli should be able to start against Central Michigan and beat them. And so I, I know it wasn't realistic that they weren't going to play Sam Hartman, but oh my gosh, when he's in in the fourth quarter against Central Michigan and then he takes a shot to the back of the knee, it's like, what are you guys doing? You know, get him out of this game for crying out loud and get Angeli reps in, in real game situations. I, I think you cannot, when you have the opportunity to get Steve Angeli in to get him prepared. But anyways... I digress. Sam Hartman, I thought he played very good, and his stats were very good. But the stats weren't really the whole story, the whole picture. Um, he didn't, I wouldn't say he played, like, lights out great, just in the sense where he had these huge, big plays, 70-plus mm -hmm. yards. But then there was a, a lot of, like, with the checkdowns, where he was passing up maybe some shorter yardage plays that then it turned out to be incomplete. So it was either a, a big giant play or kind of not that much. And then they're settling for field goals. You're kicking a 50-yard field goal. It's great that Notre Dame has a kicker that can do that, and it definitely changes the game for the Irish. But you're settling for field goals against Central Michigan. It just was like, ugh, that's where I'm seeing it. it and then, you know, when he's doing those checkdowns, and, and then you got the receivers, they pretty much were able to kind of – do whatever they wanted against that Central Michigan secondary. And I don't think you're going to have that type of matchup against Ohio State secondary. They've played lights out this so far this season. They've been really playing well, especially against Western Kentucky, their biggest real quote-unquote challenge of the season so far. But, you know, if you're, it's hard to take those deep shots down the field if you can't get off the line of scrimmage. Yep. So we'll see how this plays out. But I, I just I, – it was a good offensive performance, but it just wasn't like a convincing performance to me. And I think as you look ahead to Ohio State, they have very physical cornerbacks that yes. aren't going to let the Irish get that free run off the line of scrimmage, which is going to make the task a little more difficult for those Irish wide receivers. Hmm. Well, I'm all about momentum and rhythm. That's important to me, so I was okay with the – Starters playing into the fourth quarter because I just felt like they had the big plays, like you mentioned, but there needed to be a little more. And true, yes, that's Feel a little more confidence late in the ballgame. So I was good with that. But I'll tell you what, my biggest takeaway, and I mentioned this, I think, with Tyler Hork on his live YouTube show yesterday, 
there is no right or wrong way to deal with the number of running backs you want to put in the game. With the way the coaches have done it the last two years, it has worked well. I just like going with two or three rather than four or five. That's just my opinion. We can do it many different ways. But my biggest takeaway was I never would have guessed Audric Estime would have 20 carries against Central Michigan. But I was also very excited about that. He is the guy that you want with the football in his hands more often than anybody else. And he's getting the most carries, but... Look at this game. You had 20 for Estimate. The next closest of the other four running backs was three carries. Huge drop-off. I love, love, I love Price. I think they can make big plays for this team in the future. But I want to ride number seven right now. Yep. Because look at this stretch of games coming up. You've got some tough, tough contests coming up. You probably played three of your weaker opponents already out of the four games. So now you got Ohio State. You've got Duke coming up. You got Louisville, who's kind of sneaky better than we thought at this particular time. USC is less than a month away. I loved how Audric was the bell cow in this game. And everybody else got a few carries, but not as many. And I think that is massive going into this game against Ohio State. I think Audric found a really good rhythm running the football. How could you not keep him on the field with the way he was running in the second half and hurtling the entire Central Michigan defense? So I think this can be a major plus for the Irish against Ohio State. If you have a running back that can be physical and wear down that front seven for Ohio State, You know what? That could actually open the door for Love or Price to break a big one when they come into the ballgame. So I love the ball tilting more toward Estimate against Central Michigan, and I hope we see it against Ohio State. And then sprinkle in some Love, some Price. Payne is good in pass protection. Ford catches passes. So they all have a role, but I want Audric Estime to be my leading man on Saturday. And he has earned that. He has proved that. I, I've been saying that all season, too. I mean, I, I like that they've got all that depth, but at the end of the day, when you've got a guy like Audric Estime, I, I've been saying, let him eat, let him eat, and they did. They they let him do what he does best, and he was unbelievable to watch, and, and that's what you want to see. And that momentum, I like what you said there, and just taking that now into this contest against Ohio State. Let this boy go and get it. And, you know, I'm going to be a little grumpy toward the coaching staff about one thing. Ooh. Remember when Audric Estime fumbled? Yes. And Marcus Freeman admitted they took him out yep. to set a precedent. Why is it defensive players can commit stupid penalties and get 15-yard personal foul penalties and they stay in the game? Right. I'm just curious. Just and that's, curious. that's a great point because it's, it's essentially the same idea just on the other side of the ball. Yep. Audric wasn't – making a mistake that was mental he just lost the football unfortunately I thought some of the defensive players could have controlled their emotions a little more now you can argue well I thought he had the football but football's changed a little bit in the old days you got yanked when you did something wrong and now it's it feels like we need you on the field more. And maybe they Who feel knows? like with Audric, maybe he can handle that. You know, where they have to very much cater to each individual player now. And, and they'll tell you that. There's certain guys that you can chew them out 
to their face in front of everybody on the field and, and they respond to it positively. But a lot of these guys and nowadays, and not to sound like an old lady, oh, you know, back in my day, <laughs> but now you cannot do that. You you have to praise them and then you talk to them privately back in the office, but you can't do anything out in public because they don't respond to it. They, they crumple as opposed to rise up. Sure. I guess if other people aren't going to get hell responsible that moment, estimation shouldn't have been. That's right. just my thought. That's fair. Okay, next topic. What was your biggest takeaway from the Notre Dame defense's performance against Central Michigan? And we'll have that second part of the question. How does that answer fare against Ohio State this Saturday? Well, um, I felt – I touched on this already. How do you give up 17 points to an overmatched mm-hmm. Central Michigan team with a backup quarterback? That was confusing to me. I, I just, I would have liked to have seen a more dominant performance there. Sure. And so, uh, and that, that, that makes me feel concerned when you're playing against uh, an Ohio State team that is going to be significantly better than Central Michigan. I think maybe more than we realized, not that Jack Kaiser didn't play great, because he did. He had a game-high 10 tackles and a sack and a forced fumble. But with J.D. Bertrand out and Jack Kaiser moving over to J.D.'s spot, and then with Jack moving, then Jalen Sneed moved into Jack's spot at Rover. And... Jalen was disappointing. Zero tackles for the game and just not really disruptive at all. So there was some disappointment there, I think. But now when you look at playing against Ohio State, you've got J.D. back. Kaiser's going to move back into his role. And I think at linebacker, that play there for between J.D., Jack, and then Maris Leofau, I think they're in a really good position mentally mm-hmm. and capability talent wise and experience wise just all that all those years of experience between the three of those guys I still want to see more on that pass rush and I want to see pressure on Kyle McCord for sure my takeaway from that central Michigan game from an Irish defensive performance standpoint was the fact that I'm shocked even with a backup quarterback Central Michigan could run the football as effectively as they did throughout this ball game. And then I'll add in, they got some help by some poor tackling by the Irish in this game. 34 carries for 131 yards, 3.9 yards per carry, and two rushing touchdowns for Central Michigan. In an unbalanced attack, you knew Central Michigan was going to run the ball. It was not a surprise. So they let them run the ball and then still struggled with the backup QB. Yeah, so that is cause for concern. The tackling is a cause for concern because you've got Ohio State coming into town. Now I mentioned Western Kentucky stinks at run defense, so it's no surprise Ohio State has some success. But they've got three really good running backs. They can fire at you, led by Travion Henderson, 191 rushing yards, 6.4 yards per carry, four touchdowns. Chip Trainum has seven yards per carry, and Mayan Williams has 4.1 yards per carry and two touchdowns. If Ohio State is able to establish a pretty good running game, then that's going to put a lot of pressure on Al Golden to push the right buttons because we already know it's awfully hard to use a safety down in the box against these Ohio State wide receivers. You're just asking for trouble, a big play to go down the field in the passing game. So 
run defense leaking a little bit on Saturday, the tackling issues. I just don't want Ohio State to be balanced. I want their running game to be okay, controlled, (laughs) because we all know what they can do in their passing attack with a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Egbuka running around in the secondary. No matter how good the Irish are in the secondary, those guys, every once in a while, they're going to get loose. So I'm just fearful Ohio State finds a running game on Saturday. If they do, I'm a little more nervous about my prediction. If they are controlled by Notre Dame, I feel good about my prediction. I agree. Tackling's got to be better. Tackle, tackle, tackle. And you know what? Across the country, we see it. You just don't hit anymore in practice. Right. It's so limited what you can do. Okay, so now let's go to our third and final opening topic for this Tuesday. Allison Hayes, Darren Pritchett with you on WSBT Radio. So another two-part question. What is the number one advantage that Notre Dame has against Ohio State? And what is the number one disadvantage you think the Irish have taking on the old Buckeyes? Well, for the first time in a very long time, and I think everyone will agree with me, Notre Dame actually has the better quarterback. And what a refreshing statement that is. But, I mean, gosh, Sam Hartman, 71% so far this season, 1,061 yards, 13 touchdowns, zero interceptions, two rushing touchdowns uh, versus Kyle McCord, who's 69%, 815 yards, six touchdowns, one interception. But he's only been sacked one time this season. And that leads me into my disadvantage. Mm -hmm. And besides penalties, which I, I... I'm disappointed at the amount of penalties that Notre Dame has 23 so far this season, eight against central Michigan. Although some of those were so those like weird, like what are the calls that they're making? And then a review of a review and Mm, it it was nuts, but really the, the big one for me is that Notre Dame offensive line um, strong at run blocking. Of course, Notre Dame with over 800 yards rushing and nine touchdowns, but especially when you look at, and I hate to call one guy out, but right guard Rocco Spindler, he's just, he needs to improve on that pass protection and defensive lines have sort of been able to manhandle him. And you're seeing Sam getting pressured and and banged up against central Michigan. And you have to imagine that Ohio state's defensive line is going to be significantly better than a central Michigan. So that's concerning to me. And then, you, I mean, I'm not supposed to also add in a second one, but I, I am worried about that defense and, and how it counteracts with everything, you know, you, and, and you, I feel like Ohio state's defense, it is, let me look here. I've got their number three in total defense, allowing just two TDs, number two in scoring defense. The secondary has been terrific. And then defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, He's known for disguising coverages and blitzes. He's got that depth in the secondary to play around with. He, they've got five sacks, three interceptions, two forced fumbles this year. So I just think we're going to see Sam under a lot more pressure in this game. And he had some pressure against him against NC State. But I think this is going to be a, a different challenge, definitely, for Sam. And we'll see how he responds to that. It's strange. This will be the third time in the last 19 Notre Dame games the Irish have faced Jim Knowles. Yeah. At Oklahoma State and the, the bowl game, Marcus Freeman's first game as head coach, the first game of last year as Ohio State's defensive coordinator. Now, here we are again. The Irish will see Jim Knowles, so they probably have a pretty good handle on what he wants to do, so that's a positive. But I think we are basically giving the same answers because my advantage Notre Dame has, I went with Sam Hartman as well. 
He has looked spectacular so far. The high completion percentage, the deep ball tosses against Central Michigan were just sick. Those Uh. two throws to Merriweather and Tyree, those two receivers didn't have to weave after the football. They did not have to break stride. That was NFL caliber throws by Sam Hartman. And he probably has not played in this type of big game at Wake Forest. But he's gone to Clemson. He's been at Florida State. He's been in some of those raucous raucous environments. And even though the crowd will be on his side for the most part at Notre Dame Stadium, I don't worry about him at all. He seems so calm and cool in everything he does, including at the podium. Nothing seems to, I would say, fluster him other than a couple of weird questions by the same person yesterday. But (laughs) I I keep going from there by saying... I'm fully confident, and Sam Hartman will give the Irish exactly what they were looking for when they brought in him to this Notre Dame football program. He was kind of the missing piece, and now here's the big game. So I think Sam's going to be great. I was going to go Irish defensive line as a disadvantage, but Ohio State's offensive line is not exactly smooth like Notre Dame's right now, so I'm not going to go that direction. But like you, I do have my concerns about The offensive line of Notre Dame going up against that defensive line of Ohio State, 44, is a heck of a football player for the Buckeyes. So can they keep Sam Hartman upright? Can they open up holes for Audric Estime? You know, the offensive line has had a a bit of a roller coaster ride through the first four games, and you've played some weaker opponents. NC State was a good challenge, and they gave up four sacks. So now the old Buckeyes come to town if the offensive line holds up i feel really good about my score prediction if they don't i'm gonna have the tail between my legs because i am not gonna be right if that offensive line can't hold up it's gonna be tough absolutely it's gonna be really really tough you're gonna have to totally win defense and special teams to overcome that so we'll all be watching the football on tv as it's in the air but keep an eye on that offensive line how they're holding up that it's going to also factor in how many tight ends they use. Do they have to keep Jabron Payne in there to pass protect? It's kind of a trickle-down effect. And Mitchell Evans, is he back now? It sounds like the way Marcus described it, he and Bertrand had concussions, and Bertrand's ready, and he said Evans is a little bit behind him but should go. Okay. So it sounds he promising. He adds another blocker there, too, which is nice. If he's back in, it's helpful. And let me just throw in one element about my conversation on run defense. Maybe we take for granted the influence of JT Bertrand on that defense. Remember when, oh gosh, his first name's escaping me, the old Irish linebacker Schmidt. Joe Schmidt. He was a guy that always got people lined up in the right spot. He was so good at preparing everybody else around him. And Bertrand is kind of that same guy, a really good football player. But without Bertrand on the field, and this is not a shot at Jack Kaiser. He has not played Mike linebacker and been the quarterback of the defense like Bertrand has the last few years. Maybe the Irish had some run fit issues. Maybe the loss of JT Bertrand was more than tackles. Maybe it was before the snap. Notre Dame missed his expertise and his brain out on the football field. I like that. That actually makes me feel a little bit better. That gives me a little ease. I'm here to cure problems. Yes, that does. Thank you. I hope I'm right. I hope I'm not wrong. That's for sure. But I did think about that 
watching the game that hey, maybe they miss JD more. Because I think sometimes we take things for granted what sure. Bertrand can do, then Bart Jones can come in and do the same thing. Well, the, and in that particular position, it, you nailed it when you talk about Joe Schmidt. Like, it is not just your tackles. That's not just your physicality. It is the, the mental aspect, the quarterback of that defense, putting your guys in position, the confidence, yeah. and just that overall, you know, trust also and and he keeps them together so yeah I totally agree with you on that and I I did mention that I think getting him back is key but you you definitely are making me feel a little bit better now knowing he's going to be back I hope so I just don't want to see Trayvon Henderson running around Notre Dame Stadium if that happens that's if they get a balanced offense going it could be a very long day but you know what it's good knowing you have number 10 that can save the day possibly all right we'll take a timeout Allison Hayes, Darren Pritchett with you on this Tuesday edition of Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. What can we learn from last year's Notre Dame-Ohio State game? And having the experienced quarterback, is that definitely an advantage for the Fighting Irish? Ryan Day even answered that question earlier today. The Buckeye head coach, you'll hear from him in just a few moments. We'll get Allison's prediction on the game coming up in just a little bit. You're listening to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Fighting Irish, including the Notre Dame-Ohio State game on Saturday. Pre-game starts at 1. Game day sports beat from 4 to 6.30. Kickoff at 7.30 on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here come the Irish. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. And a diving catch by Notre Dame, Benjamin Morrison. Three interceptions on the day. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Intercepted on the 45-yard line. So Bracy On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. He will score. 10-5 touchdown. Benjamin Morrison. 95 yards out. And we're back on the program. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Live on 960 AM WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com on the WSBT radio app. We're brought to you by Budweiser for 13 years, Folds of Honor. And Budweiser have provided life-changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in raising a bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor. By Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash SolidGround for details. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. September is Hunger Action Month. How will you choose to help end hunger? Learn more at FeedIndiana.org. By Legacy Heating and Air, ask how you can get free maintenance for life and save like a champion today. Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. And South Bend Orthopedics, trusted in the community for 75 years. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by ABC 57's Allison Hayes. It is 541 on this Tuesday as the buildup continues for Ohio State at Notre Dame. Well, the Irish tried to slow down the Buckeyes last year. They wanted to control the pace of the game. They didn't run it that well, but they kept the scoring down as Ohio State won 21-10. to So here is Marcus Freeman discussing last year's ball game, which was his first regular season head coaching experience with the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Yeah, um, 
you know, I thought Coach Coach Golden and, and the defensive staff had a great game plan last year and, and um, really did a good job of, of executing it, you know, for the first game of the year, trying to figure out who we were defensively. Um, yeah, and part of that, the, the mindset going in that game was was try to control the ball as long as we could, right, and limit their offensive possessions. You know, and, and again, it's still got to be complimentary football as we go into this Saturday, but um, I don't want to play not to lose. Right? I don't want to play that way. I want our guys to be aggressive and our guys to be attacking. And so um, we will play complimentary football, but our objective isn't just to, to hold the ball and huddle every single play, um, kind of what my mindset probably was last year. And we got to remember at that time, Tyler Buckner – was getting ready to start his first game with the Irish, and you had the veteran C.J. Stroud and that high-powered Ohio State offense ready to roll at the horseshoe. And, I mean, Marcus Freeman told us he was going to try to play keep away from Ohio State because, without saying it, he didn't have the horses on offense. Now we fast forward over 365 days. The Buckeyes come to South Bend, Notre Dame's fifth game of the year, Ohio State's fourth game. So based on what we know now and remembering that game, Allison, do you think Notre Dame can use something from last year's game that will help them, or do you take that video and just throw it in the trash? Well, two very different teams, right, on both sides. So in that sense, yeah, throw it out. But I don't – I mean, it's definitely always a good thing if you can control the the – pace of the game and you can keep Ohio State's offense off of the field no doubt about it they've got some of the best wide receivers in the country and great running back so yes you the less you can have them on the field the better but do I want you to slow it down no Notre Dame is scoring 40 plus points per game Hartman is terrific in the two-minute drill and not to say that you want to be in that the whole game but he keeps talking about that complimentary football and that's what they're doing a good job of that I mean Utilize that run. Utilize Audric Estime. Control the clock as much as you can. Then allow Hartman to get some of those big plays downfield and, and just score as much as you can. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, let them go for it and, and allow Hartman to find those wide receivers downfield. And I love what he said. Don't play to not lose, right? You're, you're going out there to win the game. And who's going to win the game? The team that scores the most points. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. So go out there and, and do that complimentary football, but score as many points as you can and, and do your best to just keep them off the field, I guess. I speak on behalf of the Irish Football Nation that I hope the coaching staff took the double safety blitz video and threw it in the trash because <laughs> – I've heard about that particular play call so many times since last year's game, leading to an easy Ohio State touchdown in a hard-fought 21-10 to victory. I think sometimes balanced offense is overrated. Now, bear with mm. me. My thinking is if you have a strength yeah. and the other team has a weakness, why would you shy away from it? You attack it. If Ohio State was terrible – Stopping the run, you run it down their throat, then use play action to go over the top of it. And if you run it 42 times and throw it 20 and you win the game, by golly, that's balanced to me. Yeah, you for know? sure. So, but I do think Notre Dame is going to have to run the football effectively in this game. If you get one of those safeties closer to the line of scrimmage, then the deep ball from Hartman can be a major factor in this football game. But if they stuff the run, then the play-action game, it's going to be more difficult 
for that to have an effect in the ball game. So I really think Notre Dame ran it over 30 times last year without much success. They must run the football enough in this game to allow that play-action game to really hurt the Ohio State secondary. And I do have concerns about separation from the Irish wide receivers off the line of scrimmage against these Ohio State defenders who will get physical and they will shove their hands into the chest of those Irish receivers, throwing off the timing of Hartman to his wide receiving core. But if you get Audric Estime rolling, man, I don't think anything can fire up a team outside of a touchdown more than Audric Estime yeah. leaping over someone, running through someone, or breaking into the clear and it's going to take Ohio State to track him down. That just sends volts of lightning through the stands at Notre Dame Stadium. So if you can run that football effectively like they tried to do last year, but this time around do it, I really, really like Notre Dame's chances in this particular game. And it gets back to that offensive line handling that Ohio State front easier said than done. Also, it kind of just challenges Ohio State's manhood also, right? When you've got a guy like Audric Estime and he's got that body and he's able to manhandle and knock you over, hurdle you, and use his body to just plow through, it does. It it, it challenges their manhood. It demoralizes the defense, and then the crowd is going to feed off of that. Hey, they're two linebackers, Eichenberg and Chambers. Bruise them. Bruce yeah. Modric, and you know what? Get the ball to the outside and make those Ohio State corners who have dreams of the NFL. They may have to make a business decision with goal number seven running right at them. Are they <laughs> going to be interested in getting in the way of that train? Right. Sometimes those guys make business decisions, hmm. and it doesn't work out well for the team. Now to another storyline in this game, and it is the quarterbacks. Kyle McCord for Ohio State. Started a road game at Indiana earlier this year. There might have been more Buckeye fans in the stands than Indiana. But this is truly his first road game in which the hostile environment can affect everything that Ohio State does in the huddle and at the line of scrimmage. Plus, you've got Sam Hartman, who's 24 years old. Again, has not played in a game of this importance but he has been through many battles in the ACC against Clemson and North Carolina and Florida State. I think he's going to be up to the challenge. Here's Marcus Freeman on his quarterback playing in a big game, and he was asked if experience does matter or not. Yeah, I'll speak on our guy. Like He's played in big games and big moments, and, and again, I think his mindset, the ability to go out there and have the right mindset for him to have success, right? And that's what, what I'm most excited for is the experience he has. He knows, Sam Hartman knows this is about him going out there and, and going through his checklist and, and executing the things he needs to go through to have success. Um, when you haven't done that, you know, I'm sure it's a lot difficult. It's a lot more difficult. And so, um, you know, obviously, I, I'm, I feel great having a, a quarterback that's had some of that big game experience and just football, college football experience that, that Sam has had. All right, so that's Marcus Freeman. Now, here is Ohio State head coach Ryan Day. He was asked by the Buckeye media earlier this afternoon if quarterback experience matters in a top 10 matchup like this at Notre Dame Stadium. I think it's a factor, yeah. Um, 
you know, how much you want. I think, you know, Kyle's, a, you know, been around. He hasn't played a whole bunch of football, but he has been around. He's seen it. So he's, he's older and more mature than maybe a freshman who's coming in in the same situation. Um, but, no, I, I think experience does, does play a part of it. Um, it's not the number one thing overall. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of other things that come with it, but I do think it's significant. All right, Ryan Day, Ohio State head coach, not ducking that question. Sure. Yeah, it, it does matter. So, Allison, how much of a difference do you think Sam Hartman can make in this particular game against Ohio State? All the difference, Darren. All of the difference. It's not just the experience. It's also the talent. I mean, Buckner... He has experience over o- or against OSU, but today, if I had to choose between Sam playing against Ohio State for the first time or putting Buckner back in, I'm taking Sam Harmon. Look at last year. Pluck out Buckner and put in <laughs> Sam Hartman, and what a completely different game that would have been. Yeah. You wouldn't have been just trying to run it, and you'd have options downfield. You would have that complimentary. You'd have those dynamic and deep threats and all of that good stuff. So, yeah, I, I mean, a thousand percent, Sam makes a huge difference in this game. And, and again, it's going to come down to that offensive line, giving him that protection that he's going to need and, and then uh, being able to establish that run game. But, yeah, for sure, he's going to out-talent Kyle McCord. But then, you know, he does have experience in, in the sense of just having been around this game for so long. And you touched on it earlier, too, just like – he just has that presence on the field, mm-hmm. and it's it's goes beyond him making the right pass. It's it's directing that offense and and giving his guys confidence. If Steve Angeli comes into that game, it's a t- completely different game. So we'll see, but yes, for sure, advantage Sam Hartman. <laughs> I think it was interesting today the Ohio State media at Ryan Day's press conference, I believe it was twice, in putting together a question, the Ohio State media said, with the talent basically even in this matchup. And then they get to, well, then there's Sam Hartman against Kyle McCord. (laughs) The fact that the Buckeyes media were saying that, hey, this is kind of even Steven in terms of talent on these two football teams – that caught my attention because they are used to playing playoff caliber football in Columbus under Ryan Day. Now, the Michigan game has not gone well for Ryan the last two years. But to hear their media talk about, hey, could the experienced quarterback be the difference in two football teams that are equal, that makes me feel pretty good that they respect this Notre Dame football team and the talent. And there were some questions brought up about, Hey, what do you do with this Irish secondary with the way Benjamin Morrison is playing right now? So it was good to see the Buckeye media had a lot of respect for this Notre Dame football team. And this is why Sam Hartman was brought in. Notre Dame's had some really good teams under Brian Kelly, but what were they always missing? That big difference-making quarterback. And I respected Ian Book. Brian Kelly told us a million and two times he's the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history, but he had a great football team around him, and he was a better-than-average quarterback. But when you got to a game like Alabama or Clemson, it, it got a little more difficult because you just didn't have the guy that could put you over the hump, despite Ian being a really good player. Sam has the traits to put you over the top. Doesn't panic. 
accurate with the football. He's right around 75% completion right now. The deep ball accuracy last week. Boy, I hope he can do that again against Ohio State. That would be terrific. He gets you into the right play at the line of scrimmage. And he doesn't panic in the pocket like the all-time winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history did where he ran out of the pocket too soon. Sam hangs in there. Or he might move a little to his left, a little to his right, find a seam, and deliver that ball down the field. So just having a guy that can put you in the right play at the line of scrimmage is a major advantage for Jared Parker and Marcus Freeman in this particular ball game. So, yes, Sam can make a major difference because here is a guy that can make those difference-making plays, and I just don't believe he's going to panic in a big, big moment. Nope. So I'm – this is what we've been waiting for, and I've complained and whined for years. Why aren't better quarterbacks coming to Notre Dame? Well, and, and a big question, too, with when they played NC State was he's had all of, you know, he's he struggled against NC State throughout his career. No secret there. All the, the six picks, 13 sacks. And in the game this year, he, in the sense that he, he struggled, he got sacked four times in that game. But he didn't throw the picks. He did not panic when he was under that pressure. Yeah, maybe he did take a sack. He took four of them, to be exact. But he didn't panic. He didn't force throws that he shouldn't have in bad weather. There was a lot of things all going on in that crazy game. But he kept his cool, and he still led his team to victory, despite all of those things going on. All I know is to see C.J. Carr and Deuce Knight back-to-back, if they sign with Notre Dame, Entering that quarterback room, it has been a long time since two guys like that back-to-back years have joined the Fighting Irish. I mean, those are elite guys, and I'm really, really excited about the future of the quarterback position because Marcus Freeman is not going to settle for mediocre at any position on the football team. Tommy Reese got the message, and he got C.J. Carr and Sam Hartman to come here, or he was a part of that conversation. And now Gino Gadouli is building on that, getting Deuce Knight and keeping C.J. Carr in this class. The biggest question, wouldn't you just love to be able to get a real honest answer, not on camera, not for the media, but just to know, why did Tyler or why did Tommy Reese take Tyler Buckner to Alabama? You know he had to convince them right he had to talk them into it in a sense I know they recruited him before but everyone has seen what Tyler has done in college football and he had to have fought to get Tyler Buckner to come to Alabama to compete for that starting job and then to have it go the way it's gone is just that has to be devastating (laughs) I go back to my colleague Eric Hansen from InsideIndieSports.com he sat in Marcus Freeman's office The summer before his first full year as head coach, Ohio State would have been the first game that year, and Eric asked him about the quarterback position, and he said Tommy Reese believed that he had two championship quarterbacks on the roster in Buckner and Pine and that they did not need a transfer quarterback. I'll leave it right there. Yeah, wow. I'll leave it right there. And that I think sometimes you have coaches that believe – Their system is greater than anything else, and anyone can fit into the system. And maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know, but... Everybody always kind of gave Tommy a pass, like, well, he doesn't have a great quarterback. He doesn't have a great quarterback. But in Tommy's mind, you just said he did. He thought he had two national championship winning quarterbacks. He was the only person who thought that. Did you see what Drew Pine did this past weekend? Both him and Buckner. Woof. 
Yeah, I actually had a tweet that got retweeted probably 200, 250 <laughs> times this week. And let me see if I can call it up really, really quick, because if Irish fans did not catch this, so give me one second here. I got to find my tweet here. This is what happened last week, and I called this a Sam Hartman appreciation post. <laughs> Phil Dracovic for Pittsburgh against West Virginia, 8 for 20, 81 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions. Drew Pine for Arizona State. I can't remember who they played. He went 5 for 13, 52 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Tyler Buckner for Alabama at South Florida, 5 of 14, 34 yards. Survey says those three guys went 18 for 47, 38% completion, 156 yards, no touchdowns, five interceptions. Woof. Thank you, Sam Hartman, for coming to South Bend. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you for those other guys transferring out and taking another shot someplace else. I said this to Eric a couple of weeks ago, actually before the season started. I go, there's a chance. There's an outside chance five years from now when we look back at Marcus Freeman's first year as head coach when they went 9-4 and four with Buckner and Pine, we may not look at that season as poorly yes. as maybe we did at the time losing four games because there is a chance – you did not have a power five starting quarterback yeah. on your roster. For sure. Maybe Angeli could be that. He was farther down the line. But, I mean, you could argue right now they're not power five. Maybe these guys would be good in the MAC or the Sun Belt. But maybe Marcus Freeman actually went nine and four without a power five starting quarterback on his roster. That makes the year look a whole lot different. For sure. That, so. That's a complete game changer. Yep, yep. 18 of 47, 38%, no touchdowns, five interceptions. Woof. All right, so let's skip ahead to, Allison, your score prediction. How does this game play out? Notre Dame and Ohio State. Las Vegas says the Buckeyes are right around a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Everyone's going to probably kill me on this. I, I have uh -oh. gone back and forth all day long. I feel sick about it. I literally do feel sick about it. I've had butterflies in my stomach all day. Just doing the math alone and just going a lot on, I, I admit it, a lot on like the odds makers. And they're giving Ohio State a 65.8% chance to win. Coming into this season, this was one I was concerned about. I, I don't think Kyle McCord is as bad as we sort of thought early on. He's finding his rhythm. He's, I, I don't know, I think he could be good enough. Okay. I, oh, I hate to say it, I'm probably going to change my mind 10 times this week. But I'm saying Ohio State 28, Notre Dame 24. Okay, 28-24. <sighs> well, one of us is going to be right, so that's the positive. We can come back Tuesday and someone gets a pat on the back. <laughs> yeah, I hope I'm wrong, to be honest with you. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. Well, I've got the hours 30-26 right now, but a long time before Saturday. Thursday is when I panic with my picks. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, Friday, i got to make a pick and just stick with it. So. I think Thursday we usually make, or Wednesday or Thursday, we make our graphic where I have to lock into my pick. So before then, I might change my <laughs> mind a few times, but by, by Thursday, I've got to go with it and just deal with it. Yep. But. <laughs> all right, we'll see what happens. Can you stick around for the Twitter question yep. of the day? We're a little behind. You got all it. right, we'll take a timeout, 602 at Sports Radio 960, WSBT South Bend. Oh, how great it would feel to this is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 
Along with ABC 57's Allison Hayes, I'm Darren Pritchett. Sports Beat moves now to our Twitter question of the day, our Twitter X question of the day. You can find it every weekday at 960 Sports Beat. Yesterday, I asked you who gets the ultimate game ball from the Notre Dame 41-17 victory over Central Michigan. The four choices were Sam Hartman, Audric Estime, Jack Kaiser, Tobias Merriweather. Allison, you would have voted for? Audric Estime. Okay. 176 yards, 8.8 yards per carry. The touchdown, 20 carries for the big man. I loved it. Hurdling defenders. At what point do we start maybe throwing his name around a little bit for Heisman? Give, Let him be the man and, and let him do his thing. I mean, he what was it, Josh? What was uh, Josh Adams? Trucking. I mean, he oh, was, yeah. he was, he had a moment there for, for a second where people talking about him for Heisman. I think Audric is the kind of guy that if you allow him to be the man and you give him the brunt of those carries, he could be in contention at some point. I was asked by somebody because some schools are already starting their Heisman campaigns. And I'm wondering if Notre Dame possibly starts Heisman campaigns after the Ohio State game. I've... Maybe wait until. You beat Ohio State, and then, boom, you started. Because if you started before and you lose, then yeah. it's like, nah. Letting the air out of the balloon. I think I would wait until after Ohio State. Yeah, let's see what they do, if they can get the job done. But, I mean, I, Sam Hartman and Audrey Estime kind of have to be at least outliers in that conversation. Sure. Yep. All right, here was the voting. Tobias Merriweather got 2% of the vote. I was so happy, though, to see him finally get an opportunity. We had Derek Mays on also on our show, and he told me, I had texted him beforehand, I said, have you been talking with anybody, been working with any of the receivers? And he was like, actually, I'm at practice right now, hanging out with Tobias. And the week before that, Tim Brown told me he had been mentoring Tobias. So when you got Derek Mays and Tim Brown mentoring you, giving you attention, I think that shows you that they knew he needed maybe a little bit of pushing or a little guidance, but hey, it, it worked out. Good. I, I was going to say that wasn't by accident. Right. Those two guys were talking to the same player. All right, Jack Kaiser led the team in tackles, but got 5% of the vote. Second in the voting with 23% was Sam Hartman. Yes. And majority, 70% went with our great hurdler, Audric <laughs> Estime and his big rushing day. For the Fighting Irish. Here is today's question, which you can vote right now. Twitter X at 960 Sportsbeat. What is the most likely outcome of the Notre Dame-Ohio State game? Four choices. Notre Dame wins by one to five points. Notre Dame wins by six or more. Ohio State wins by one to five. And Ohio State wins by six or more. I think I know where you're going based on your score prediction. I'm going to get sick to my stomach again having to say this again. Well, if you just heard me or didn't hear me, I said I think Ohio State might edge them out 28-24. So I'm going to have to go with Ohio State wins by one to five points. All right. I've got Irish 30, Ohio State 26. So I'll take Notre Dame wins by one to five. Vote right now. Vote this evening in the morning at 960 Sports Beat on 
Twitter X. And once again, Allison, you're on the air 10 a.m. Saturday. That's right. 10 till noon. We know the big guys are in town. ESPN College Game Day right in our backyard. And that's okay. Anytime they're talking about a team you don't care about, flip on over to us. We're going to be talking about Notre Dame, Ohio State. We're going to give you all of the good, good stuff. And I, I mentioned this before. I've got some really cool exclusives with Jim Tressel and Gene Smith. Holtz's Heroes and Lou Holtz is going to be in town. Newt Rackney Awards. Nice. Freeman one-on-one, the green jersey history, so it's going to be a great show. All right. Have a great broadcast. We'll see you at the stadium. It is 6-10. Quick timeout. Sportsbeat continues next on WSBT. Budweiser's weekday Sportsbeat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. WSBTradio.com. The WSBT radio app. And on Twitch. As Darren Pritchett talks Notre Dame football recruiting with Blue and Gold Illustrated insider Mike Singer. We are on 960 AM WSBT and WSBTradio.com and also on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. My name is Darren Pritchett. He, of course, is Mike Singer from Blue and Gold Illustrated. And we are here to talk Notre Dame football recruiting on this Tuesday. Not your normal Tuesday before the Ohio State game, Mike, as We had some big news come about yesterday as Deuce Knight from Mississippi picked the fighting hours. So Notre Dame's got their 25 quarterback. What did they get? Wow, that's a great question. They got um, the guy that I remember on that pot of gold day back on St. Patrick's Day. Talking to a Notre Dame source, Notre Dame offered, I think, was three or four quarterbacks that day. And I just remember source telling me, hey, Knight might feel like the biggest long shot of the group. I mean, Notre Dame, I think, has signed like uh, – they signed one kid from Mississippi in the 2020, 2020 class before that. Kelly had never signed a player from Mississippi. Like, Notre Dame doesn't go to Mississippi a whole lot. Uh, and the feeling was that as this recruiting process goes on, Deuce Knight's going to be the guy for Notre Dame. And there have definitely been some turns where it didn't feel like that, but it did end up feeling that. Notre Dame got really their, their guy from the, that they wanted from the very start when they were really dedicated to going after 2025 quarterbacks. And then um, Darren on, on the tape, he is, I mean, he's simply electric. I think he's, uh, I mean, he's 6'4". I've seen listings for him between 180 and 200 pounds, but let's just say he's six four and a half, and he's a, he's a big dude, and he runs like a four five, and that's verified elite eleven time four five three in the spring. Mm. I, I mean, he really has it all. He's he's a lefty, um, which is always an interesting note. You know, some maybe some receivers need to get used to catching a, a pass from a lefty, but not really big deal. But he moves really well. He has an incredibly strong arm. He looks pretty accurate. You know, and talking to different scouts and stuff, like, does he have some me- mechanical stuff to clean up? Sure. Like, he's not as polished as a CJ Carr, um, but the upside here, Darren, is – insane i i mean he is really like a five-star caliber quarterback like darren you look at the the two-year recruiting for notre dame at this quarterback position between cj carr and deuce knight Mm. i mean this 
I mean, you guys can tell me when the last time Notre Dame on paper has signed two quarterbacks. I mean, of course, Knight doesn't sign until next December and Carr won until this December. But assuming that these two guys sign, when's the last time Notre Dame's had a pairing like this in back-to-back classes? It's really, really impressive. Um, this is kind of what you hoped, you know, when, when Marcus Freeman got hired, like just increased uh, level of pr- you know, production, talent, you know, filling all the blanks there at, at the recruiting front. The Deuce Knight, I mean, this is one heck of a talent. I don't know when the last time they've signed two guys like this or are about to get two guys like this, but I think it sort of validates my complaining and whining the last 10 years about not having more days like this. This is exciting. It, it, oh, Darren, how about this? I talked to a Notre Dame source on Monday, and the, the feeling in the building was that that was the most exciting day from a recruiting perspective since Marcus Freeman or, you know, took over as Notre Dame's head coach. Like, that that was one heck of a day. Um, be, I, I mean, not only because of all the things we talked about, the talent and, and all that, but it ended a pretty crazy little recruiting um, saga for 2025. And, um, you know, when he, when he called to commit over the weekend, like, there was uh, some, some big-time excitement for that Notre Dame staff. Well, I think you established a couple of weeks ago that, I'm going to use your words, I believe, your phrase. It was first come, first serve to Deuce Knight and Bear Bachmeyer. And we were waiting for one of the two to pick Notre Dame. It ended up being Deuce Knight. We had a conversation last week. I think the way was kind of going toward Bachmeyer being that guy. Is it fair to say this was a complicated and complex recruiting cycle for Notre Dame at the quarterback position? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty nuanced. So last Monday, September, what have I been, 11th, yes. I believe, uh, logged a prediction for Notre Dame to land Bear Bachmeyer. And I want to I talk about this because there, there, there's some things I want to unpack here. First of all, I was wrong. I predicted Bear Bachmeyer to end up at Notre Dame, and that prediction will not never say never, I guess. It's recruiting, but it was wrong. It's not going to happen. Notre Dame got Deuce Knight, and Bear Bachmeyer will – I mean, again, who knows, but he's not coming to Notre Dame. And the thing is, I don't – a lot of people be like, oh, Mike, I mean, we all thought he was. You know, like, don't don't beat yourself up on wrong, wrong prediction. Like, I, I, you know, when, when guys like me – report things and we think this is going to happen. We've got to be held accountable and talk about it a little bit. So I I thought Bear Bachmeyer is going to Notre Dame. I guarantee you, folks, if you were in my shoes, you would have done the same thing. Let's just leave it at that. I I mean, it it was first come, first serve. It was first come, first serve to my knowledge, based on conversations with many sources. Um, Bachmeyer left campus needed to think things over and deuce was ready i really think there were you know i I, the the visit for bachmeyer all of the you know reporting and excitement about you know the potential of bachmeyer committing to notre dame i think that kind of pushed up night um to go ahead and and lock that commitment and he had told me that this isn't something that came out of the blue for him like he had been 
favoring Notre Dame for the past month or so, I think this just kind of put him in a position that he needed to make this decision whether it's Notre Dame or not for him, and he, he picked Notre Dame. Um, and, uh, you know, I've talked to different people, and Notre Dame says that you need to choose hard. Like, like hey, this is not the easiest place to go to, right? You can stay close to home, you know, go to an Ole Miss or Auburn. Um, it's going to be easier for your family to see you. It's going to be easier academically. But if you choose hard or you choose Notre Dame, it's going to pay off for you in the long run. And that's what Deuce Knight did. He chose the, you know, uh, the, the harder path in, in that way. And I think that he's excited for this challenge. Really awesome young man. A pleasure to cover his recruitment. And I'm definitely looking forward to finally getting to meet him in person soon. Uh, but, the, yeah, in terms of Bear Bachmeyer, another really good quarterback. Notre Dame wasn't able to get him. Um, but it's, not, it's more about Notre Dame landing Deuce than it is not landing uh, uh, Bachmeyer, of course. But – um, Notre Dame really couldn't have gone wrong here, in my opinion. Um, different quarterbacks with, you know, with, with different levels of ceiling and floor. Um, but again, both great choices. Going back to the prediction, Darren, I thought it was Bachmeyer. I, I mean, if you made me do it again <laughs> with the same intel, I probably still would go Bachmeyer. And that's what I was going to say. Just knowing a little background, the intel you got, I would have reported the same thing you did, without a doubt. So I don't think you did anything wrong, just things changed. And when things change, <laughs> it's out of our control. So, But, you know, I mean, I broke the news Friday morning that he's going to be visiting for the Ohio State game. And, I mean, at that, po- I mean, at that point, all bets were off. I mean, it was just really a rush to who was going to make yeah. that first phone call, basically. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was it was really uh, pretty tight the whole way. But uh, Notre Dame really couldn't have gone wrong again, Darren, and, and Deuce Knight. The guy that they offered back in March, they're, they're definitely fired up about it. I say this very cautiously, but having lived the Dante Moore experience before, I just hope it wasn't a rush to judgment because someone else might take a spot. I mean, I hope this is him. Well, this- the thing about the Dante Moore experience is that it has not like that recruitment has, they're not this they're similar not? at all. Okay. No, the only way they're similar is that they both play the same position. I mean, Dante Moore never gave a public commitment to Notre Dame. I, yeah, I mean, true. just totally, totally different. If you want to compare maybe like a Peyton Bowen, that's a recent move okay. or a, uh, Keon Keeley, you know, these high profile guys who maybe Notre Dame squeezed to, to get committed. And then uh, as time went on, yada, yada. But as you know, I, you know, in, in my conversation with Deuce Knight, um, you know, an hour or so after he, he announced his commitment, I asked him the tough questions. I definitely recommend people going yep. to blueandgold.com and checking out this article. I wrote it as a Q and a, you get to read my conversation with them. And I asked them the hard questions. I asked them, Hey, when did you call? What was going through your mind? Did you know about Bear Bachmeyer? Like what are you, how are you going to handle other schools co- contacting you? And he gave really good answers Darren. And okay. I'm thinking to myself, as I'm talking to him, most of these things he probably thought about yet or, or thought about how to answer in an interview. And he gave really good insightful. And I would definitely uh, assume honest answers. 
Um, as Notre Dame fans learn more about Deuce Knight and, and get to know him, you guys are going to be pretty excited, and I have no reason to think that he's not going to stick. Okay. I'll eliminate the Dante Moore part. I'll just say I just hope it wasn't a rush to judgment, but your article lays a lot of those answers out. So we'll leave it there. Mike Singer, Darren Pritchard with you, talking Notre Dame football recruiting on Budweiser's weekday sports beat on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. I guess this is a classic recruiting palooza weekend with Ohio State in town. I mean, you could spend probably six hours talking about all the different storylines this weekend. Give us a sample. Well, before we started recording, we had already reported 40 targets and commits. So this is not, you know, the kid down at the YMCA who got, you know, just in, invited to, to go to the, you know, the Central Michigan game. You know, like this is – you get invited to the Ohio State game because you're a player who Notre Dame's after, not just like, hey, we're inviting the kids from the local school. You know, or maybe some of these 2026 20, or 2027 20, guys who we think can become players down the road, let's get them inside Notre Dame Stadium very early on in their high school career. That's not this. Ohio State, this kind of weekend, it's you get your top players. It's your 2024 commits, any 2024 remaining targets, 2025. I mean, basically, if you're a top Notre Dame 2025 target, you got invited to this game. You might not have been able to go, but you got invited hmm. to this game. Some of them are going to go to USC, even a few of them pit, just based on, you know, travel schedules. You know, it's tough to travel across the country, um, you know, just any given weekend, but – Darren, the amount of talent is it's outstanding. And that's as of Tuesday afternoon. Wednesday, that list might grow a lot as we confirm more visitors um, and hear from different sources about who's coming in. So very good. And I will mention on the 2024 front, um, Notre Dame has very limited spots, but just interested to see – if Notre Dame has any surprises this weekend, Darren, like do they bring anyone up that uh, maybe people don't know about yet? That's something I'll be keeping an eye on. All right. So give us a couple of names of some big time players that will be coming to this Notre Dame, Ohio state game. Yeah. Like you said, Darren, we could spend six hours on this, but how about we just do six names that I think, I mean, really off the top of my head, that are pretty notable going into this one. Again, stay locked into bloomgold.com this week. We'll have much more reporting on this as the week goes on. But speaking of 2024, guys, this is a rather interesting one. We've talked about Davis Andrews for months now. He is taking a two-year Mormon mission trip after graduating from high school in December, but still closely considering Notre Dame, Utah, and UCLA. That's kind of the final three to my knowledge. I think after he takes this Notre Dame visit this weekend, he will know where he's going. I think it's going to end up being Notre Dame, but I'm still kind of nervous about Utah. And for folks being like, oh, why do I care about this kid who wouldn't get here until 2026 anyways? Um, why is Notre Dame wasting their time? I would argue the opposite. There's no downside for Notre Dame here, even if, you know, because he could take his two-year Mormon mission trip and then afterwards decide not even go to Notre Dame because um, he, he, his time as an NCAA college you know, student athlete, whatever, hasn't started yet. So he can do that, which is interesting because he won't be a, tr a true freshman until he obviously enrolls back. So it's not like his uh, eligibility clock starts. Um, but anyways, if this does work out, 
you're having a 19 or 20 year old true freshman. Like just think about the advancement for him physically. So there's no downside here and there's only upside. And Davis Andrews at about you know, six, two, thinking around 200 pounds. He could be a linebacker or a safety at the next level. He's a, real, he's a good looking player, Darren. I think if Davis Andrews were playing in the state of Georgia, he'd be a big time, you know, four-star type guy. Uh, but Davis Andrews visiting this weekend, got to think that there's a decent chance he pops to Notre Dame if all goes well and he's okay leaving the state of Utah. Daniel Anderson, a running back from Bryant, Arkansas in the 2025 class. He's one that I've predicted to Notre Dame, and I think the Irish have a pretty good shot to land him. And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if it's this fall um, or even in the, you know, the pretty near future. I really like where Notre Dame's at for that talent from Arkansas. Jadon Blair, 6'4", 180-pound safety is coming to campus. On three, his own rankings have him as the number 26 overall player, number two safety. He was also on campus at the end of July. So two visits in the span of a couple months for this kind of big-time, highly-ranked, lengthy prospect at the safety position. Um, that's definitely good news. We love talking about, uh, you know, elite-level defensive linemen from Chicago on this show, Darren, and Notre Dame. We'll have Chris Burgess from Simeon um, in Chicago land on campus. You know, when you talk about Justin Scott, the problem with Notre Dame and landing him, Scott was in Chicago and barely ever visited. Burgess has been to Notre Dame. I think this will be trip number six. So that bodes pretty well for my mantra of follow the visits. So 6'4", 230-pound defensive end, number 114 overall player, number 12 edge per the on three industry ranking. Owen Strebig, big-time offensive tackle from Wisconsin, 6'7", 295 pounds, top 100 player. Notre Dame, get this, Darren, again, from Wisconsin. It looks like a Notre Dame-USC battle. Not Wisconsin. I hear it's like Notre Dame versus wow. USP, which is interesting. Um, it's tough to go into Wisconsin and land players. That's why Notre Dame's only done it. I think what just once, at least from a scholarship perspective in 20 years when they got Billy Strauss a couple of years ago. Um, so Notre Dame is looking good here. Another player that I believe uh, the fighting Irish will eventually land. And then big time talent from Chicago, Talon Taylor from Geneva, um, uh, number 71 overall player, number 12 receiver for the industry ranking. Uh, I, I hear the most about Notre Dame, Georgia and UCLA for him. So a uh, big time prospect from Notre Dame's, you know, we'll call, we'll call Chicago the Chicago Notre Dame's backyard. So Darren, that's just six names. Mm. There really is a lot. We could spend a lot more time on this, uh, and we certainly will do that reporting at Bloomberg this week. I was just thinking as you were going through those players, if we get out the rosters of Notre Dame and Ohio State, I wonder how many of them you have talked to, covered, or talked about. I would have to imagine maybe over seventy-five percent. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I was thinking about that the other day. I covered the 2020 class and on, so if the, just the guys from the 2019 class, like your Cam Hearts of the World, those are all fifth-year guys. So, yeah, it's, it's actually pretty cool to think about. Yeah. So all these recruits coming to Notre Dame Stadium, what do you think they're going to see when the Irish and the Buckeyes get together? A Notre Dame victory. I like it in the 20s, something like 27, 24, you know, something like that, 27, 26. Somewhere in that range. I like Notre Dame to win. They're just, uh, for me, can Notre Dame keep Sam Hartman upright? Yeah. If they can keep him upright, it, 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 I, I think Notre Dame wins the game. I really think Ohio State is going to make Notre Dame win over the top. 
Those Ohio State DBs are going to be physical with the Notre Dame receivers. They're going to come after Sam Hartman, make him uncomfortable, and see if the likes of, you know, Jaden Thomas and Tobias Merriweather can beat those Ohio State DBs. That's the key to the game for me. Yep. I've got it 30-26 Irish right now, so we're kind of in the same ballpark. Hey, you've got a special deal happening right now at blueandgold.com to kind of commemorate this big game at Notre Dame Stadium. We sure do. So we have two different offers for you. You can sign up, and this is for first-time users. You can sign up for $1 for a month, kind of just like a, hey, get you in and, tr- and let you try this out. Or if you just want to take the plunge for a year, it's currently half off the normal annual subscription. So that's both uh, for first-time users. If you go to blueandgold.com, it'll be right there at the top of the website. Um, so please do check that out. And if you sign up, you'll have to let me know in the YouTube or the, the Twitter or the emails or, or, or you know, uh, carrier pigeon, whatever you got to do to let me know. Um, but, uh, yeah, blueandgold.com, definitely the your, your home for Notre Dame football. And, and I would imagine you'll have quite a few stories following this game in terms of these young guys watching this ball game at Notre Dame Stadium. Darren, Sunday feels like two years from now. I mean, uh, two hours from now feels like, you know, <laughs> next week. It's uh, – I'm just trying to get through these days, Darren. Don't talk to me about Sunday yet. Well, I'll expect it. Maybe – Maybe there might yes. be a few. We'll see. Hey, yeah, maybe a few. Yeah. Maybe a few. All right. Mike, good to catch up with you. We really appreciate your time, and we will talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Darren. That's Mike Singer. I'm Darren Pritchett. Sportsbeat continues next on WSBT. 644 at WSBT. Wow, is there a Monday night football jinx? You had the horrible situation with the Bills, DeMar Hamlin, late last year on Monday night football. Aaron Rodgers in week one goes down with the Achilles rupture, and he's likely out for the season, maybe comes back for the playoffs, according to some reports. And then Nick Chubb, the all-pro running back of the Browns, a horrific left knee injury on Monday Night Football against the Steelers last night. All I can say is good luck to the Eagles and Bucks, Rams and Bengals, another doubleheader on Monday Night Football coming up this coming Monday. We've got some sports wagering talk to get to coming up next as Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 